Hey friends, welcome back to Real Life Marriage, where I'm your host, Candace Mummert. And on a great day, my husband, Aaron, joins me as the co-host. Whether I'm sharing tidbits and encouragement or interviewing people brave enough to share what goes on behind closed doors in their marriage, it's all for the goal of strengthening marriages. We're glad you joined us as we unpack the good, the bad, and everything in between when it comes to real life marriage. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Life Marriage. We're glad that you're joining us for this episode. It's a little extra special because typically I know a little bit about the couple's love story and what we're about to talk about. But today, uh, we're actually going to be interviewing Dr. Chuck and Rebecca Kautz and we are friends through mutual friends. So our community has been extended because of a mutual friends. And I've been told many times that they have a sweet story to share, but I haven't even heard it yet. So it's a little extra fun today as it will be all new to me. And we are going to toss it to you guys first, actually to ask you to introduce one another. We think it's kind of fun to hear from the spouse's view for the introduction. So the basics of how you spend your day, where you focus, what your family looks like, but actually introduce each other. So Chuck, will you start by introducing Rebecca? Sure thing. Uh, this is Rebecca Couts, my amazing wife, who takes care of me and the children wonderfully, as well as our homestead. Very thankful for her. Okay. Yes. And this is uh, Dr. Chuck Couts, who is a brilliant emergency medicine physician. And he's also a doctor turned farmer homesteader. And we have some acres and some cows and a donkey and some chickens. And we have four kids. We have a 20 year old, an eight year old, a five year old, and a three and a half year old. Yes. Full house. Yes. <laughs> yes. And how long have you guys been married? We've been married 12 years. 12 years. 12 years. Okay. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, we're, we're doing a bit of homesteading ourselves, but you guys are a bit ahead of us. We could probably learn a few things in all of these adventures from you guys. Yes, we've made plenty of mistakes. That's for sure. <laughs> and some successes. Yes. And Rebecca, your professional background is nursing. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. So you I both have a medical background. Yes. That's how we met in the ER. Yes. Okay. Oh. Okay. Well, then... <laughs> She was an ICU nurse, and then she was an ER nurse, and that's where I met her. And then she became a flight nurse, and that's when we were dating and got married, when she was a flight nurse. So I'm currently retired, retired but I'm keeping nurse. my license. Okay, Very because you're raising a family and homesteading. Of course. Yes. Okay, so let's jump right into the beginning of your story. Give us a little bit of background of where you were as individuals and how you met. So we met in the ER, and one of the things that attracted me to her was she's always smiling, always having a great attitude, and always taking amazing care of her patients. You could tell that um, she was really enjoyed what she was doing and really had a purpose in her life, and mm -hmm. that really attracted to me, to her. Thank you. So at, and at first, you know, I, she really didn't pick up on it. I would talk to her. She thought I talked to everyone like I talked to her. I asked her to Bible study fellowship, uh, Bible study, and she thought I asked everyone to those. So <laughs> she didn't take the hint very well. So that was just really nice. And that was I probably you know since I didn't really 
wasn't getting a lot of positive feedback. I just kind of, okay, she's not interested. But her brother started working in the ER and he was a tech. And we were at a birthday party and he uh, told me, you know, after we were talking and I found out that there were siblings, I told him, you know, oh yeah, she's an amazing woman. Uh, and he said that I should ask her out. I was like, well, she's not interested. He goes, well, you don't get it. We were homeschooled, so we don't pick up on normal social cues. <laughs> so he said, you have to, have, when, you, when you talk to her, ask her out on a date and you have to say date at least twice because she won't believe she heard it the first time. And he said, then she's going to say all kinds of things you're not going to understand. Try to memorize it and call me and I'll interpret for you. <laughs> such an amazing brother. Yes. Is he older than you or younger than you? He's actually younger, but he was looking out for me. Oh my gosh. So That's good. So he asked me out and I said yes. <laughs> yes. We went on two dates and then after the second date, uh, she said, would you, do you mind having lunch with my father? And I thought, well, you mean after church this next Sunday, I'm supposed to meet your whole family? She goes, no, just with my father. I go, just the three of us? She goes, no, just the two of y'all. <laughs> I said, okay, okay, I'll do that. And so, um, I mean, how old were we at the time? I was 27. And I was 36. Okay. So, you know, further along in life. And, uh, and so I agreed to meet her dad. So I went up to the 30-something floor of his law firm building and uh, sat in the waiting room with the receptionist and then met him in a suit and tie. And we went to, and he got us a private dining room in the city club and had a very long, long lunch, uh, getting everything he wanted to know from me. He had he had concerns since I was a, a single dad and had been divorced. So we talked through all that and he was very nice about things. And at the end of the two hours, he said, you have permission to date my daughter for a month. Oh. And then um, at the, he said, so we'll have these lunches every month, um, you know, to, so I can help guide the, the courtship. And so I thought that was amazing because if I had any nefarious intentions, I would have been out of there for sure. But uh, wow. it was really a great experience. Yeah. And, and in addition to help guiding Rebecca and I, uh, it really built a wonderful relationship yeah. with me and him. Mm. And I would say he's my greatest spiritual mentor, uh, my go-to man these days. So even being 36 and a little bit more mature and a little, how did you feel stepping into that first meeting with her father? It was really otherworldly, for sure. <laughs> Not being put on the spot that often. It was definitely unusual, but um, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I was really glad that uh, th that she was still submitted to his authority at that mm -hmm. age and that him and I built that relationship from such an early part in our dating relationship. Yeah. Wow. And how did you feel about those those meetings, Rebecca? Was that something that you were used to and it was just part of your <laughs> process or? I had, it was part of the process, but I hadn't dated a lot. Okay. And when I was a lot younger, teenager, my dad and I talked and agreed that if anybody was going to date me, that I would go to him first 
and get permission first. But then as I got older in my 20s, he released me from that, but I still wanted his approval. So that's why Chuck and I had gone on several dates, but I still wanted my dad involved and, and you know, greatly admire my dad and want his counsel and his guidance. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, very well illustrates our heart and hope for our relationship with our children is that is not that we will force boundaries on them or take away their independence, but that they would want our counsel as we have lived a few more years and that sort of thing. So you just really beautifully described that that was the kind of relationship yes. you have with your father. Absolutely. Thank you. And then uh, mine and Rebecca's next day, I asked her towards the end of the day, I said, if your dad said that we couldn't date, would you not date me? And she said, yes, I would not. Wow. <laughs> so you really trusted his opinion then? He is an excellent judge of character. And so if he saw something that was concerning enough, then I would listen to it. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. Wow. Wow. That That is amazing. Chuck, uh, with your children, remind me, you have some girls in there, don't you? Yes, they're all girls except the youngest. Okay. And so uh, are you setting up or do you have hopes to set up something similar in, in your um, review of their choice of, of husbands or, or, or dating material? Absolutely. And that's uh, already started to happen with our 20-year-old. Um, she's dating the first guy she's ever dated. She's been dating about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And it has gone amazingly well. He came up, they've known each other for years as friends. And he came up to me after church one day and asked if he could speak to me. And so we spoke and he said that he was interested in spending some extra time with Grace. And uh, so I told him we'd pray about it. And then Rebecca and I met with his parents and shared a meal. And uh, their ground rules were actually slightly stricter than our ground rules. <laughs> So their rules, uh, <laughs> some of ours. Yeah, and it's been a wonderful courtship for them too. Uh, they've really earned our trust and mm -hmm. really yes. followed the rules. And if they ever felt like they wanted a rule change, they would talk to us about it. Yeah, and it's just really been beautiful seeing mm -hmm. how their uh, relationship has matured over the last year and a half. Yeah, a lot more mature than I was at their age. Yeah. <laughs> Like a yeah, dream come true. Yes. Yes, exactly. I think our society kind of sets us up to think that rules and regulations keep us from freedom, right? But just hearing you guys describe that and obviously knowing the people that you're talking about, um, <laughs> in the, I actually think that there's more freedom in having clear expectations and knowing that you're supported by the people that love you most and being asked hard questions like that actually sets you up for more freedom. I think, don't you? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I thought I would be more structured in it, you know, having monthly meetings, et cetera, like my father-in-law, but there was already relationship there mm -hmm. and um, we're, so I see him regularly and talk to him regularly. So I really haven't felt like we've needed the extra structure because it's really developed well organically. That's cool. Okay, so let's go back. So you guys date for a month and then you've already got the next meeting scheduled with her father, yes. right? Yes. And he asks me to review the month, the highs and lows from the dating, if there's any problems or any questions and uh, just really good advice. And then and then the rest of the meal, we 
learn more about each other. So cool. So how how long did you guys date before there was an engagement? Too long. (laughs) (laughs) It was about nine months and then we were engaged for four months. Yes. Was too long in your books too. (laughs) I, I lived long enough and unfortunately dated enough to know that she was the right one uh, early on, aw, for sure. She was you. amazing. And so then was there a special meeting to ask for her hand in marriage? Yes, I was kind of deception, deceptive yes. to her on the engagement. So I had met with her father already and asked his permission and blessing, and he gave me, he gave me both. And then uh, I let her know that I had a meeting with him uh, the week before Valentine's Day. And then we set up a big date at an Italian restaurant for Valentine's Day. So she thought it was coming then. Yes. So the week before, I nonchalantly um, asked her to go out to the botanical gardens. uh, And I'd hired a friend of hers, uh, who's a photographer, to hide out in the uh, the Asian gardens, uh, the Japanese gardens, uh, out in the bushes. And then we ended up going that direction and... I proposed to her there and got it all on camera. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. So I actually surprised her. Yeah, that was totally. Ah. Okay, so Chuck has told us that he was pretty smitten and knew pretty quickly that you were the one. What What was it like from your side, Rebecca? I, I think that it was the same. It was just making sure, mm. you know, and. Okay, were you guys still working together at the time? Was that an issue? Um, we would, so a few times, especially, I think when we were dating or engaged, so I was working as a flight nurse now and I would bring a patient and if he was the receiving doctor, it was slightly awkward, but fun <laughs> because I was trying to give a report about the patient and everyone in the room knew we were dating. They were just looking at us like we were going to kiss or something. Yeah, kiss over the <laughs> trauma patient or something. It was... <laughs> So, oh my goodness! But, but she wasn't working in the ER when we were dating, and so that was good because I know that can be difficult uh, yeah. working together. Yeah. So I was thankful that uh, she had just started doing the flight nursing. Cool. Very good. Okay, so one question that comes to my mind—we're probably going to get more to back to your story—but one question that comes to my mind right away is um, having such a wonderful, trusting, strong relationship with your father, Rebecca. Was there a struggle anywhere in your early marriage of Chuck taking on that spiritual leadership and being the number one man in your life when you had such a good relationship with your father? You know, sometimes you hear couples talk about that, the cutting the ties of the of the mother and father to become now a new one with your spouse. Was there any struggle with that for you or was it a pretty easy transition actually there was no struggle it was a really easy transition but i totally understand what you're saying that there could have been i think my dad and chuck are both very intentional Mm. and chuck and i did a lot of premarital counseling and we talked about um stuff like that we went through a great book that's 10 great dates before you say i do Mm. And and we did one date for each chapter we'd each read the chapter and then get together and compare and uh, and my dad was really intentional with that too, saying that this is now your authority. This is now your covering. So I think I went in with the right expectations. And another thing is one of my lunches with her father 
um, I think a couple months before we got married, he asked if I had any concerns. And I told him, actually, I do have a concern about, you know, how, how she's under your authority now and how we're having these meetings that I have a concern that that might drag on into our marriage. And he said, he said, no, Chuck, don't worry about that. It's the leave and cleave. Okay. I walk her down to the aisle. She's no longer my responsibility. She is completely your responsibility. And, you know, you, and he said that, you know, if you ever want my advice, you can seek it, but I'm not going to give it unless you, you're asking for it. And he's yeah. stayed true to his words. And he's always there for us when we ask, but he never sticks his nose into our marriage or our business unless we ask him to. Yeah, that's huge. A great example. Huge. Yeah. So not only, I mean, so what you guys just described, not only did everyone have a good perspective walking in and good expectations, but also you communicated about those things. Mm -hmm. You didn't keep those harbored, you know, the concerns or the worries. You, you spoke about them so that they were out in the open and you knew that expectations had been set. Yes. That's huge. Okay, so... Another part that we haven't really dove into yet is that you married and immediately there was already a child. Yes. And so um, we over-prepared for the marriage. Lots of premarital counseling books, etc. We way under-prepared for the blended family aspect. <laughs> and that was the really the difficult um, part of the first couple of years of our marriage was the relationship in between my daughter, Grace, and Rebecca, yeah, uh, that was really hard. Well, we went, Grace loved me and I loved her. And about two months into the marriage, it was like the bottom just dropped out. And it was just, it was a super hard six months. And she had a lot of emotions and processing and really struggled. And we all did. And looking back, we just hadn't prepared for that or recognize that was coming. And I think sometimes the blended family is so hard because you don't realize that it's a little more challenging, that you have these personalities that you're going to have to, you're blending more than just two people now. And so I think yeah. if you go into it, knowing that's going to be more challenging, then that takes a lot of the pressure off. And um, we did an incredible book. We started going to a live group at our church for blended families. And we did this awesome book called uh, the Smart Step Family by Ron Deal, and it was amazing. It really helped us in um, in that it said that there are stages to the step family where you come in, if you come in just expecting to be a parent to this child and tell them everything to do and just completely be loved like a parent and love them as a child, that you're setting yourself up for failure. You have to grow your relationship with this child just like you did with your spouse. And so it talks about the different stages, how in the beginning you're in a babysitter stage and then you get to know the child more and then you're kind of like a fun aunt. And sometimes you can make it all the way to the parent stage, but sometimes you don't in the child's eyes and the respect and how much time you spend with them. And um, so it was incredibly helpful. And one big thing we took away is it said for you and your spouse to get together, decide all the rules for the child. And then so when he's gone at work, I'm implementing his rules. Mm. I wasn't telling, and that took away a lot of conflict. Instead of me telling Grace what to do and changing things, I was implementing Chuck's rules and say, hey, remember this is dad's rule, and it was a lot smoother. It made it a lot better. And you may want to interview Grace for the second part of this podcast because she has so much maturity at 20 now, 
and she's able to talk about it. And we've talked and she said, you know, I had so much fear that I was going to lose my dad to you. And so really that prompted a lot of behavior. But at that time, she couldn't verbalize that. But she can now. So. Yeah. So is that what you found was the root? A lot of, of what felt when you said the bottom fell out, was it a lot of the fear that was being manifested and but she didn't understand how to talk about it or or understand it? Exactly. It was, it was completely fear that she was going to lose his love. Because when we were separate, when she was just with me, she was pretty much okay. When she was just with Chuck, she was okay. But when all three of us were together, she would have a lot of attitude and disobedience and meltdowns. And it was because, and this was when she was younger, yeah. it was because she was so afraid. And when she would see us be affectionate with each other, it would trigger things for her. So how did you honor one another and your marriage through that time? So what do you mean as far as honoring? I mean, uh, we put the marriage first. Okay. Because uh, the marriage relationship should be before the parent-child relationship. So we did that, and that made it harder for Grace as well, because that would probably make her fear worse. Sure. It was challenging. Yeah. And it took time, and it took reaffirming love and growing all of our relationship. But it wasn't an easy season. It was a couple of years. So it was really hard. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so now you're a blended family. Okay, how long was it before the two of you started making babies? It's about it's about four years. Okay, and then so there's a big gap there. We go from twenty down to eight. Is that yes. right? Yes. Okay, and then new babies came along, and how was that transition? Uh, I think by that time, uh, Grace and her had a really solid relationship. So it was uh, a lot better. We decided early on to homeschool Grace. So not only were they around each other like normal, but she's also the teacher ah. during the day as well. So they had a lot of time to work through all their issues, <laughs> which yeah. made for some hard times, but made a lot of the, the relationship building go faster. I think. It did. So by the time we had children, Grace became an amazing second, second mommy. mom. Yeah, I think second mom is probably a, yeah. a fair way to say it. Really helped yeah. a lot, helped us out a lot mm -hmm. with the kids as yeah. well as the homestead. Yeah, I think it was really good. I don't think we intentionally did that, but I think, I mean, in some ways we did, but it was really good that we had those four years before we started mm -hmm. having more kids. Mm -hmm. Sure. Sure. And so was the choice to homeschool, was that when you left the medical field, Rebecca? Um, no, I was actually still working in homeschooling and it wasn't working well. And that fed into my eventually quitting there, in 2011. There were a couple of So the first year we homeschooled, she did three of the subjects and I tried to do two of the subjects. And we found out she was very gifted at being a homeschooling <laughs> teacher and that I was better in a principal you know, <laughs> role. Yep, so, what two subjects? He's what, what an amazing teacher. He just, he's not really into like the lower grade levels. <laughs> and so then she took over and did more part. She dropped it back on her hours and did part-time flat nursing so she could spend more time doing the homeschool. And the, and the other reason is we had, um, we had a miscarriage or mm -hmm. two. While we you're had one when I was flying. When you're flying, we found out that as a flight nurse, that incidence is a lot higher because all the noise and the vibration. Wow. Yeah. 
So when we decided to, um, to intentionally start um, having more children, that's when she retired from yeah. flight nursing to help that happen. Well, what other, or are there any other mountain highs or valley lows that the Lord has brought you through that you've got some wisdom that you could share with our listeners about continuing to have a strong marriage and, and have be partners? I mean, always prioritizing your wife yes. uh, in the relationship over your children. I mean, your children are very important, but they need to see yes. our relationship as being number, number two, number one being between us and God yes. individually. And, uh, number two, the, the married, marriage relationship and then them as a family. So that's been real important. I think we've consist been consistent yeah. with that throughout yeah. the years. Yeah. So. And we've tried every year to do, um, a couple's trip, just mm -hmm. us. And that's really been rejuvenating for our marriage and just, and we'll even, Chuck is very intentional. And so we'll even talk about each kid and we'll talk about the direction of our marriage and just, just sort of, it's sort of like a way to reassess and reevaluate. Hey, where are we? Where are we going? We can step back from the everyday mess <laughs> yes. of the family and <laughs> evaluate where we're going. It allows us to see the forest instead of the trees. So we yeah. use to help review the year and plan the next year. We've, we've done something similar um, over the years. And we have found that when you, when you step back enough to plan for the future, it helps with making decisions in the heat of the moment because together you set some goals that you're reaching for. And so then it gives you a direction to go with all of the smaller, you know, scheduling decisions and financial decisions and kid decisions and things because we know, well, six months ago, we set this as a goal that we're going toward. Let's make this decision according to that. Sometimes it, it keeps us Makes, on the same yeah. team as makes opposed the to makes the nose a little easier to be consumed than yeah. Yes. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I, I love uh, what you guys shared with the, the the call it the pecking order, the prioritization. But you and the Lord, you and the spouse, and then you and the kids. And I think in society now we kind of have that backwards. Um, sometimes the kids are number one. They're running the schedule. They're running the finances. Um, then maybe the spouse, and then the Lord. You know, is catching catching leftovers in, in a lot of lives out there. And I just I think that's that needs to be heard more. So I'm glad you guys are sharing that, that that worked in your family and that, that that's healthy. Mm -hmm. um, and it's and it's healthy for the children to understand that and see that as well, because you want them to, as they grow up to have that same priority in their life and in their marriage. And um, that has led you guys to be successful as well. Yeah. And I've never thought of it before, but in a blended family, that's a little extra complicated, I would say um, at the beginning, because Chuck as a single dad, you were, you were Grace's protector. And there was this, I'm sure there was this piece of you guys that wanted to kind of rescue her from that fear. But at the same time, you made the right choice to prioritize your marriage. And I feel like we're seeing more and more that in the long run, when we prioritize our marriage, it gives our children a security that they can trust and feel safe in because they see that our marriage is strong and is a priority, right? Yes. I totally agree. I agree. Yeah, but I've never thought about how, I mean, it's easy for us to say, well, this is the this is the order that priorities should be in. It's the way the Lord set it for us, right? It's his guide of of, of success. And and with a blended family, that's that's extra complicated because immediately there's children or a child there. And 
So I just really want to honor you guys in the way that you've shared that with us and, and, and shined light on that. It's been a lot easier with the three younger children because it's been their entire lives, but it was pretty difficult with Grace the first few years. And Chuck did something really sweet when he we got married. He bought a special ring for Grace too, mm. and we presented it to her because we realized, you know, it's not just us, you know, that yeah. we're making a commitment to her too. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Chuck, um, during those those interviews uh, with Rebecca's uh, father, you shared how um, your father-in-law is is a spiritual leader to you or a spiritual source um, that you still go to today. Can you speak a little bit about maybe your, what does spiritual leadership mean in your home? Um, what are you trying to model in the home? And then I, I love hearing that you yourself have a spiritual leader or a, a mentor that you are also pulling from information. So um, I think kids, as far as leadership, they follow example more than anything else. And um, I think it's important to have the words and telling them what they need to be doing, but I think it's even more important to be showing them by our example, by giving the first of our day to the Lord, by spending time with the Lord. I know Rebecca and I both do that, and the kids are, of course, Grace is doing that, but the older, the eight and five-year-old are starting to model that as well. And so we see that on a regular basis. So I think um, setting example is probably the most important part of the spiritual leadership. Um, prioritizing uh, spiritual things like going to church, praying as a family, over meals. Uh, whenever there's conflict, praying. Whenever there's uh, special needs that are going on or um, uh, things that are happening, going to the Lord first in prayer, right then and there with them, I think is a... Uh, is a good way to lead them. Yeah. Good. Excellent. I, I appreciate that. That's that's really good. Uh, we've we've we are uh, trying to model that as well through action. Uh, having action support our words, as we say. You know, give to the Lord first of not only your your time and your finances, but then you know, showing them that mom and dad are doing that as well. It it's, makes it a little bit more believable. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And also that you don't ever. We don't ever outgrow the need for mentors or yes. people that we can turn to to still receive wisdom or discernment or, or whatever. We don't become parents and then don't need that anymore. There's still so much that we can glean from people that have walked a couple of years or a decade ahead of us, right? Yes. And there's some, uh, almost anyone you can learn something from. Mm. So, I mean, even though they may not be your go-to person, you can learn uh, from any relationship, I feel. Yeah. There is just such a peace and joy that exudes from you guys all the time, all the time. It's a joy to be around. Are there any other nuggets or, or, or pieces of wisdom that you would like to share with our listeners as we, as we wrap things up? I know as far as prioritizing the marriage, um, sleep schedules all over the place for me in my life. Oh. Um, so doing night shifts and weekends and holidays, one of the things I would do is whenever Rebecca would go to bed, like normal people at 10 o'clock, I would come and spend time with her after the kids. Uh, even if I was staying up till three or four in the morning. 
spend time with her, prioritize her, and then tuck her in. And then I may go off and, you know, do emails or watch Netflix or whatever. But um, the roles have reversed because now over the last three years, I do, instead of doing overnights, I do 4 a.m. shifts. So a lot of times I'm going to bed at 6 or 8 p.m. And now she'll come in and spend time with me and prioritize me for a short period of time each day. And that's just some of my favorite time of the day. And that's neat seeing her uh, return the favor after all those years. I love that because we hear excuses a lot about how schedules get in the way, right? When you talk about prioritizing your marriage, when you talk about creating space for date time, uh, you know, or sexual time together. I mean, all those things that we say are important in a marriage, you hear all the excuses of crazy schedules and how it makes it so hard. Y'all are a fabulous example of (laughs) a legit crazy schedule that's changing, that sleep schedules are off. Like you're not even talking about just, oh, it was a really long day and I'm tired. Like (laughs) level of scheduling, right? And it was so awesome how you just shared that there is always a way to still have time together and prioritize one another. Yes. That's huge. That's good. Like no more excuses. <laughs> I got one. Is Are there any um, uh, tools or tricks, uh, communication, yeah. um, unique little, um, you know, all couples fight or have strong, strong discussions. <laughs> but are there any, any, um, if you guys are like any other couple, usually you're very different. And so um, is, are there any tricks or cool little things that you've learned over the years that says that, um, that you want to share? You want to share? No, you. Okay. So at work I have, I'm the captain of the boat. I have, lots of nurses and techs and other consulting. And so I'm used to, okay, you do this, you do this, you do this, you know, and so, and then people do it. And, uh, <laughs> so it's so, sometimes I have a hard time when I come home switching. So uh, many years ago, you know, after discussions, uh, we'll ha- we kept on having the same discussion of you're too harsh, et cetera. And so we talked about it and my heart was not to be that way when I came home to leave that. And so we came up with a phrase called kinder and gentler. So whenever I come home and I haven't left that, (laughs) all she has to say is KNG. And then it's just like a wash of embarrassment comes over me and I'm feel convicted and then boom, it's over. And then I'm, I'm home and I'm husband and father and no longer ER doctor. Yeah. So that that's that's been really helpful. Yeah. With our, yeah and just saying that phrase just changes things for yeah. me. That's amazing. That's uh, Chuck, I just want to applaud you for the uh most most men wouldn't receive that. You know, they <laughs> they wouldn't be humble enough and sure. man enough to say, I, I don't want to be a barking dad when I come home or a barking husband. I want to be a loving leader, um, a servant leadership in that. So that's that's huge that you guys figured that out. Yeah, we call we call it safe words. We've we've <laughs> taught our couples that we've worked with. Like when you've got that spot that you're constantly, you know, if you come up with a safe word, then it for us we it reminds us okay we're on the same team. 
Yes. I, I'm not saying this because I'm against you or because you're wrong. I'm saying this because I want to stay on the same team and we're not, we're not doing that right now. So let's get back on the same team. And so you come up with safe words. I love that. All my words are used up. <laughs> we have learned not to schedule social things after he's been at work. Because um, people end up saying, is he okay? Is everything yes. all right? Yes, my words are just gone. <laughs> That's great. Okay, well, we, we like to do a little rapid fire at the end just for fun. I'm just going to ask five either or kind of things. Which one do you do? Would you choose this or would you choose this? Uh, just fun. And you're going to answer for each other. You're going to give your best guess for what the other one would say. Okay. So uh, Chuck, I'll come to you first and you're going to answer the way you think Rebecca would answer. Okay. <laughs> and just answer as quickly as you can come up with it. And then after he's completely done, Rebecca, you'll tell us how he did. Okay. Okay. okay so Chuck, wh what would Rebecca say? Book or movie? Book. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Morning or night? Morning. Summer or winter? Summer. And then what is her favorite restaurant right now? <laughs> right now there is no restaurants. <laughs> True statement, right? I will say glorious. Okay. All right, Rebecca, how do you do? He did almost a hundred percent. I mean, okay. it was amazing. I don't the restaurant. I don't know what my favorite maybe little Madeline, but Glorious would be pretty close. Okay, but yeah, ever you nailed it. Okay, so let's flip it real quick before you have too much time to think, Rebecca. Would Chuck say book or movie? Movie <laughs> or mountain? Mountains. Uh, morning or night? Night. And summer or winter? Summer and restaurant. That's <laughs> always the hard one. Yes, too. <laughs> that works. I think um, movies after work. Yes. Yes. Otherwise, Before that, work, that's why I had a trouble. So you love to read, but I love to read, but after work, it's I'm just over. Turn your yeah. brain off. Yes. Yeah, and you both love the mountains. Oh yes. Yes, I love the beach too, but I love the mountains more. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, I would say that one of the things you have shared with us consistently through your story is y'all nailed the communication and it's a lot of why, and this is totally my words, you didn't say this, but I believe that that is a lot of where the peace and joy has come from consistently through your marriage. It's helped you to harbor, you know, that the rough seas, you could say, um, but you guys have nailed the communication and that nothing's off limits. You just talk about it and you figure out how to get through it. That's right. true. I will say that, and you mentioned it, but Chuck is an excellent communicator and I have learned a lot from him being married to him. Well, yes, we've so. learned a lot from each other. Yeah, but, uh, but communication is definitely something he excels in. I'm a lot nicer and a lot better <laughs> encourager since being married to this amazing Aww. woman. You, I'm not you, sure of that in me before. <laughs> You've become better people because of each other's strengths, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Very, very cool. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us. Yes. It was a pleasure.
Absolutely. Well, we wish many, many, many more years of blessings on your marriage. And hopefully this madness of COVID will get over and we'll be able to all be together again soon. Yes. yes. We hope so. All right. Thank you. Be blessed. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to leave a review and share it with a friend to be part of Strengthening Marriages. Until next time, be sure you're loving on relationships.